All right, folks, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. I'm your host, two-time wrestling champion, stand-up comedian, Jared Waters. And we have a special guest today. And it's a blast from the past. I've been on this person maybe over 19 years. And this particular podcast, we want to highlight the people who are, you don't know how strong they are. And her story is amazing. She's a mother. She's a sister. She's an aunt. She's a friend. She's a nurse. She's a dancer. And she's a survivor. And ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce, I'm going to say her full Spanish name, Bernadina Jana Consuelo Serrano Gomez. Ladies and gentlemen, Jana <laughs> Gomez. Hey. Hey. What it is and what it was. Wow. That was good, right? That was, that was amazing. Yeah. My, my lady's helping me get good with Spanish, you know what I mean? Once you get fussed out a couple of times at Walgreens, you understand it, you know? You pick it up. Yeah, you pick <laughs> it up. That's right. How are you feeling? What's what's it like? How are you feeling right now in time? How's life? How am I feeling? Oh, like like right a, now life. Let's see. Right now life is good. Central. A nervous. What's it like <laughs> being on the front front grounds of like COVID? Because you're like in the hospital. Oh my gosh, it's so stressful. So daily routine would be to go in, get our temperature checked, get tested. It's like one of those like ongoing things. It's so repetitive, but it's also nerve-wracking and crazy because you just don't know what you're going to get when you're going to work. Each day, it's different. Some days, you'll get people with COVID, or some days, you'll get people that are not. But mostly right now, it's just kind of play it by ear, I guess. How worse has it gotten? Do you think it's gotten worse now, or do you think it was worse two months ago? I think the respike of it is going to be it's going to get worse. But like, as of right now, we spiked up around 9,000 cases new. So we realized that they're coming back, but in younger people, which is more scary because, you know, now it's like the younger generation instead of like the older generation. So now we have to kind of constantly be like, you know, watch out for like the kids and the new like symptoms of what's going to pop up and you know, it's always something different. Like, so now we have a new symptom, which is like a rash or whatever. And it's just, oh, wow. it's crazy. Like you just are like, well, now you don't know if it's going to be, this is from COVID or if this is from it as well. Like, it's just always something different. It's just scary. And to the folks that don't know, she's in, she's in the great state of Florida where I'm from. In Florida, we get it the worst because we get, we get everyone that comes down. You know what I mean? It's just like, right. They ran away from New York, they ran from their towns, and they went to the beaches, and now they infected exactly. the beaches, and they went back to their hometowns and left our people just like, you know. Yeah, exactly. So with them opening up our state and everybody shooting over here, it's just kind of like a reopening of can of worms, I guess you can say. It's just start right back over. So now we're getting shut down again, slowly. So Shut down just... like what? What's shut down for Florida? Because... So we're shutting, shutting down, a beach. down our bars. Oh, wow. People are still on the beach, yes. But they're shutting down, like, the bars again. Restaurants are going back down to, like, 50% capacity. And so we're just slowly, like, just going back to the way it was. There's new, like, rules and everything that they're t putting out there. It's just, that's just crazy. Sometimes it, like, it just Fs, Fs with your head. I, you know, I got severe effing allergies. So when I'm outside... <laughs> I'm outside, I'm like walking, and I maybe walk 10 steps, and I was like, what, it's, it's over, man, the freak, I can't breathe, I can't, <laughs> everything else. <laughs> and then I took Flonase, it's like, oh, freak, it's just allergies, that's what it was, it's just allergies, 
and then you start playing on the symptoms in your head. Sometimes I'm like, in December, I got really effing sick out of nowhere. Like the whole yeah. comedy community is like, maybe have it in December. So I feel like, you know, you want to travel safe, but you can't travel scared. Yeah, it's Which true. It's a crazy balance to be safe and scared at the same time. Yeah, that's like how I was today. I went to the gym and I was like really scared to go in there. But I was just like, I just got to do it. I went in. Then I came home and showered, of course, because, you know, you got to wash all the dirtiness off. <laughs> I've turned my place into a gym. The dumbbells, I got the kettlebells, I got the pull-up bar, everything else. They shut everything down in the city. Oh, it, no. Honestly, it's the best I've ever felt. This is, like, the first time in a like, long time I really just chilled where I realized, like, oh, freak, J-Rad, you really, you don't really stay at your place the whole time. I was like, look at this. I didn't paint, but it looked like I painted. I was like, wow, maybe I should attempt to paint today. <laughs> maybe I should <laughs> try attempt to do freaking something. That's, something. Yeah. So, all right. So we're going we're gonna to get to Jan Janet's story. She has a lot of, I call her by Bernadina, but her nickname is Janet. Is that, that's not your middle name. What is your full name? Because I added Consuela. I know that's not. <laughs> I'm so done. Janet is my middle name. I knew that, right? It's Bernardina, but you didn't like people calling you Bernardina. It was like an old No, person. because nobody could say it. I said it. I've always said it. I was like, it's a You old always person. called me that. <laughs> you were like the only one. I said, hey, Bernardina, where are you? Where are you going? <laughs> I'm going to class. <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about how we met each other. We're going to do that towards the end. But first, let's go to the beginning, right? Where are you from? Where do you call home? Where did where does your story start? Where do you where do you reborn? So I was born in Brooklyn, New York, raised in Liberty, which is upstate. So in, how, what uh, part of Brooklyn? Like Bed Stuy, Brownsville, Kings County. Oh, really? It's like mm -hmm. Eastville, East Brooklyn, right? Yeah. The not so fun part, I guess. <laughs> Do you have your early remembrance of like growing up in Brooklyn? Like, do you remember how old were you? Did you stay or did you go straight up state to New York? So I was born there. I think I only spent my first couple years there that my mom told me. So I remember all my memories from bringing upstate New York. Upstate, so. like where upstate? Liberty. It's next to Monticello. Are you confused? I'm not good. I know Syracuse, like upstate, like... Syracuse. I know as soon as you get out of New York, it looks like the so south. As soon as you get out of the city, it feels like, like you're driving through Florida. There's deers out there. There's woods. There's mountains <laughs> and stuff like that. I there's did a grass. Of shows upstate. Yeah. I've done a lot of shows upstate, so I know where you're going. Ithaca, okay. I've been up there before. Okay. So when you're moving, so most of your memories happen upstate. What type of household did you grow up? Was it two-parent, one-parent household? Like, how did you? So I grew up with my mom my dad here and there and he was gone a lot so you know my parents ended up getting divorced but she remarried my stepdad let's go let's oh. go before we before we get to your stepdad what are your early remembrances of your father love him being in your life <sighs> not much i mean he worked a lot and he wasn't there he was always gone i never understood why but i just don't remember much of him. No hugs, no anything else, nothing that you remember? Nope. I've just, my life just, I remember is always just been my mom and my sisters. Even though she was with my dad, it was always just been my mom and my sisters. Like, that's how our household was. Like, rarely there he was. And how many sisters do you have? Are you one of 
I have two other sisters, an uh, older sister, Fina, and my younger sister, Carmen. Did you feel like, when did you, so do you have early, how far are you from the youngest one? Three years apart. So you remember like being like five. So when you were five, you remember having an older sister and a younger sister. Mm-hmm. So as we get to five, right, as you're growing up, dad's not really inside your life right there. Do you remember your first beginning of like elementary school? Do you remember your first teacher? Do you remember? No, I just, I remember what my school looked like and that was it. I don't remember the name. It's just been so long. It just looks like a prison. <laughs> I mean, but that's what like everything looks like in New York. It seems like it was just like this really big bricked out uh, school. But the way our school was that, um, elementary goes into the beginning of middle school and then middle school goes into the high school like I think it's like second year in middle school as you're like as you're going through school as you're like five and you're like six do you ever like question like when you're talking to your mom and your dad's not around does she ever have those talks with you or does she just never mention it no she never mentioned anything actually she just always kept my mom is a person that just keeps feelings aside and doesn't really express much in that way. So we really didn't know anything, actually. So how old were you when the divorce happened? I was... When the full divorce started, I was about six. And oh, wow, then, this happened in your, like, elementary, like, first grade. Yeah. And then when it completely was over and my mom remarried, I was seven years old. So the normal was mom and the girls against the world, really? You know, yeah. Really, it was like that. Mm-hmm. Did you ever wonder, like, in school, like, when you, like, play with other people, like, why isn't my dad not around? Or you just knew, like, this is my story? Um, I guess it really never dawned on me um, why he wasn't around. I'm pretty sure, like, my mom knew why he wasn't around which I know now why he wasn't around, but back then it didn't dawn on me. I just thought like my dad's at work and I'm at home with my mom and sisters or I'm at school and my mom is going to pick me up. Or It was always just like the routine was dad was at work is what it was. So it never like made me think anything other than that. So we get to, we get to six and seven. How does your mom tell you like she's getting a divorce? Does she break that news to you or does your sister break it to you? Like, how do you understand? Cause so I feel like younger all- kids, they under, they understand it. Like when they're young, I see a lot of kids like when they go through divorce, they, they, if they're used to the separation, they understand it. Mm-hmm. Like when divorce hits like a child at seven, it's better than when they hit them at like an adolescence when they're like have to choose a side and, like over their emotions, their feelings and stuff. Yeah. So um, the only reason why I figured out they were separating is because we were constantly going to the courthouse. And at that time, my older sister had explained to me that, you know, dad won't be around anymore at all. Like mom is going her way, dad's going the other way. And I just was like, okay, it really didn't like, affect me emotionally at all. It didn't phase me at all. Um, I really didn't have any type of like emotion about it, to be honest. Wow. 
And all three of you guys are by the same, all you guys are the same dad. Yes. That takes a lot for your stepdad to take on three children. Three yes, girls. it does. That's like, that's like the Brady Bunch without <laughs> the black kids. <laughs> hey, I don't think there are no black kids in the Brady Bunch. I mean, the kids with the Jerry, the kids with the afros. Most of his kids had afros. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a lot. You know what I mean? Like, what was that like when you first, when she starts dating again? Do you remember that? Or you just remember there's a new guy around? Like, you, what's the period between I, dad not being there before your stepdad gets there? What's that like with four girls in the house? What's that like? So what's it like with four girls in the house? Yeah, there was a period where dad's gone. Oh. Your stepdad hasn't came there. Do you remember that? Like, what's it like just us four against the world? Because you're like nine, right? At that time, I was seven. Oh, still seven. Got, I, yeah, so when, she, when they completely got divorced, my mom was already, I guess, she was dating my stepdad at the time. And my parents got divorced because my dad was cheating the whole time. I know that now, but I didn't know that younger. So that's why he wasn't always there. He was always gone at work. Work would be like, he went to Puerto Rico go see his other wife or like his other girlfriend or whatever the case may be um I actually knew who my stepdad was because his sister was my mom's best friend oh so there was a rumor that started that my mom kissed my stepdad and you know his sister told my mom that and my mom said I wish it was true and she went back and told her brother <laughs> And then um, he said, well, I wish it was true, too. And then, like, from then, like, in the middle of my mom's divorce, my stepdad had got sent to Korea. So their divorce is still going on. They had a long-distance relationship. Um, as they were, you know, going through all that, when he came back, their divorce was final. Well, my dad married my mom. My stepdad married my mom, which I call him dad because that's dad. But um, he married my mom and I was seven years old. And I remember this because when they got married, as soon as they got married, he said, okay, well, we're going to Japan. And I was like, so I went to Japan twice. Oh, wow. <laughs> but the first, yeah. So the first time we went to Kadena and that's all I remember is that we're moving like we've never been out of new york none of us we've never been on an airplane this is a first for everything so we were just kind of like pack up and we left so they got married we moved to japan and we started a whole new life over there uh you know it it was it was an adventure that's how the adventure of my life actually really started is what i consider because you know, he took us away from what was bad and started us something different. So we're in Okinawa. We're in Okinawa. How long do you stay there for? Four years. Four years. So this is when you get to, so we're going from seven to 11. So what's it like? Do you remember that first smell of being there? Because it's, it's like a smell, right? People who go to Japan, they remember that smell of like when you first get off the plane, it's like, uh, where are we? <laughs> it it's so funny because like everybody considers like to be like a weird smell and it actually just was like a fishy smell because they have so much like beach and everything everywhere 
Right, right. So that's how right, I remember right. it, is that I remember this place stinks. Like, where did we go? It smells like fish. And he's like, oh, it's just like, that's just the ocean. Like, I'm going to show you, like, the beaches and stuff like that. Where I, like, I was like, I don't want to go and smell that. Like, that's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> so that was there so this is like second grade what are your earliest memories of that like being in Okinawa what's it what's it like Ooh. so actually there's a lot I remember with Okinawa and I think just because it was so brand new like you want to just absorb everything right so like I remember that when we first got there we stayed in a TLF and then after we got our housing, we stayed. My house was actually like two minutes away from the elementary school. So we would walk to school every day. And we got a, a TLF means a temporary lodging facility. Most of these f people listen to the podcast. I, so, I, so break I that down. Yeah, make sure you break that down. A lot of these people, they don't know the military codes and stuff like that. That's a temporary right. lodging facility when you move inside like a different place before you find your permanent residence. Yes. So we lived two minutes from the elementary school. We literally would walk to school every day. My parents, my stepdad and my mom, we would walk us to school every day. I remember the first day of school. My stepdad, I was crying. I didn't want to go. Like, I was so scared. And he said, <sighs> he gave me an orange to just kind of bribe me to go into the classroom. And so when he gave me the orange, he said, I threw it back and it hit him in the forehead. <laughs> and he said, I was screaming so bad that it was just like someone was murdering me. <laughs> I would not go. <laughs> but eventually I, I got into the classroom crying still. He just, it was new because I've never been anywhere else. Like everything is new. And I remember with those schools, we had to wear um, uniform. Oh, wow. So it was like um, blue collar shirt with like khakis and um, the way like the school set up everything, they painted like murals on the school. So like they had like someone come and paint all these murals on there. And I know they had like ocean and like some like um, whales and stuff like on it, dolphins. Everything on our playground was like crazy we had like these like ropes that you could like swing and hang on to and it's just like it was nice it was a nice school it was um, the first time you're like inside like a neighborhood neighborhood because like new york is kind of like everyone does their own thing yeah in a place where everyone's all fish out of water and they're literally confined it's probably easier to make friends easier to find things out right Walk me through the first friend that you had. What was the first time? Because I think that it's easier when you move places with a family. Like since you have a sister and a sister, it's easy to cling on to like your siblings. But yeah. I feel like people with siblings are easier to make friends because they have to deal with having someone with them all the time. <laughs> That's true. So my first friend I actually made, she was, so we lived in like a dead end area. And so my friend, she lived the first house when you enter into the dead end. And it's so funny because um, when I met her, she had uh, leukemia. So she was a really, really big part of like my life. And even till this day, like I still keep in contact with her parents just because she passed away. So it was really hard for me. But um, 
she was my very first friend. And I, being seven years old and remembering, like, staying in contact with someone for so long and until this day, like, it was, uh, it was really cool. But she was, she was really, really awesome. Her name was uh, Rebecca. So I do remember her name. (laughs) We meet Rebecca, so we meet Rebecca, right? What was the first thing that stood out when you met her? What was the first thing that you know? Because I feel like you always remember that first friend when you're from a new place. You remember that first time you feel a sense of, okay, I belong here now. Yeah, um, first thing that stood out with me is that she had a brother. And so it was nice because her sibling, her brother was as old as my younger sister. So me and her were the same age, and then her brother was as old as my younger sister. So it was easier for us to go play because always the younger sibling obviously tends to cling on to you, so you know. Right. But it was nice, and um, I mean, it, she was really, like, easy to get along with. She was not a hateful person. She was just so sweet, just the sweetest person. Like, Do you have any early remembrances of your first teacher, or no? It's just like... Ooh. No, I don't remember. I just remember like the little extra classes we would have to take. Like they make you take a language class in elementary and there it's obviously Japanese. And so you, you take little things like that there. That's, Did you pick I mean, up any or no? No, I didn't. It's a bad I, did, I, <laughs> I didn't absorb any of that. Right. A little bad school system. So as your, as your first year, your first year, right? Your, your dad, we'll just call him dad, your dad, your dad, your dad, Junie, he's, he's now inside your life. Is it, does it take a while to warm up or since you were, were you happy just to have a presence inside your life because you didn't have a real father in the beginning? It was an adjustment just because his, um, the way my mom is, she was very lenient with us. And then the way he was, he's very structured and strict. So it was an adjustment for us, especially me, because, you know, like, I'm not used to someone being there telling me something or what to do or anything like that. Like, it was just, it was hard at first. The first year, I would say, was the hardest. I wasn't, like, he wasn't mean. I just, it was hard to take discipline from somebody else other than, like, your mom who never disciplines you, you know? Were, were, do you think you were the rebel, or do you think, out of all three of you, who was the rebel? Was it you? Fina, my oh, older she sister. A, she was she a rebel was, first? She's a rebel. The rebel. What is it like being a middle child? Uh, like you, get to, you had a peek of what was going on, and then you get to like sort of mentor the little one? That's so a big gap. Yeah. How far are you and Fina away from each other? We're six years apart. Oh, so it's a confused, like a dang near six teenager right yeah she was a teenager already so it was a my relationship with her was completely different versus my relationship with Carmen because with Vina like I didn't have to do like I was I wanted to hang out with her but I couldn't because I was too young but then it's like I don't want to hang out with my little sister, but she wants to hang out. So you know how your parents say you can't go unless you bring your little sister. Like I'm with you. It was, yeah, like dang it. Okay. (laughs) So we get, so we get, so we're like nine. We're getting nine, ten, right? And we leave at Mm eleven. So what memories do you have of being in Okinawa? What was like your fondest memory? Because we meet Rebecca. Do you meet more friends than Rebecca, or? 
I had a couple. There was a lot of kids in the neighborhood that we did play with. I don't have much memory of them just because I spent all my time, like me and her spent all of our time together. But um, my biggest memory before leaving Japan was I was on the taiko drum team. So I did a lot of taiko drumming, which is the Japanese drumming. Yes, I did. You were on the drum line. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) You were on the drum line. Whoa. The Japanese drum line. That's still a drum line. That's still still a little Nick Cannon. You still got the drum line going. How did that happen? How did you, did you choose that or what? That was your extra activity? Yes, it was. So I picked that and we would go to competitions and we would do little like performances and stuff like that. And it was, it was actually really fun. Like I still have my taiko drum that's in storage. My very first one. Does, does Rebecca get sick while you were there or does this happen later in life? She was already sick when I met her. So when I met her, she was already bald, like, I didn't understand why, because I obviously, we were young. She was just, she got, she was very sick when I first met her, and then she started getting better, and then she got sick again, and then she got a little better, and then she got sick, and then that was it. So you, your first, your first memory of death happened at 11, like happened at 10. Yeah, like her passing and stuff was, you know, it was rough. So does it happen? Are you at school when you find the news? Like, what's it like? What's it like as a young child? Because I feel like when you have these, I'm not going to say traumatic, but these are like big events that hit your life, you know? So go ahead. Sorry. When I, um, I got home from school that day because I was wondering why she wasn't in class. I knew like she had a doctor's appointment, but um, I guess she wasn't in school for like a couple weeks at that time and I just thought it was just because like they you know her parents didn't really say much until I got home and her parents were at my parents house and they sat me down and they just told me and I was just kind of it was heartbreaking yeah losing your first friend at such a such a young age I like that. I remember yeah. I just don't even understand I just I felt like I was a teenager when like cancer was real like, I didn't know where it came from. I just remember just old people died of getting old. Yeah. And then people just started getting sick, and I just never understood. Like, yeah. answers, Bob Marley died of cancer. And, like, I never, like, I never knew that until, like, it starts hitting you personally. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, like I said, I didn't understand what was going on with her. They just said, well, she would always just say, I have leukemia, but I never understood what that was until they just told me it was just like, you know, it's a type of like cancer. Like, this is what happens. But to me, I still didn't understand. I just knew she was sick and she died. So you, I like you, like, I really don't understand what that stuff was until I got older. Right. Yeah. So. So do they, did you go to the funeral or no, you just, I guess that's the end of Okinawa. That's the end of it. Um, Her parents. Like I said, we kept in contact with them. I still talk to them till this day. Like, they're the sweetest people ever. Um, they sent me, like, the pamphlet from her stuff and, like, um, pictures. Sorry. My daughter was calling in. <laughs> I had to call. Um, 
So they sent me like, you know, the pamphlet from like the, the wake and all that stuff. And, you know, it was nice. I still have that stuff as well. Like I, I keep a lot of things that I feel like were important to me. So a box full of memories. Do you have that? I do have some boxes full of memories. I do. I have like so many. I have like maybe like six shoe boxes that I'm, when I have kids, I'm going to give it to my sons. I was like, do you, you want to know what your dad, Jared, was like? I want you to open that box over there and read all those letters. I want you to read. Read how crazy he was. <laughs> read it. <laughs> well, we, we, we leave. Okay, so we leave, we, leave, we leave in Okinawa, year 11, and you experienced your first time of like just heartbreak of just loss. You know what I mean? Of loss. And that's probably, who was there for you? Who was that person that was there? Like, was your family there to be like? My, uh, my stepdad. Mm-hmm. because is that when you my, start to gel more as you get older as yeah I, I wanted my my stepdad was the person there for me with my first obviously my first traumatic event and I think with the way he is versus my mom my mom is not a person that talks about feelings but my dad is very level-headed and he he I guess knew how to explain to me or you know comfort someone right. you know so he was there for me for my first thing and, and, and he's so in the on. military too most military guys have experienced so much you know they know how to mm-hmm. adjust to so many different situations what ethnicity is your dad Puerto Rican oh, it was a whole all right I, was... <laughs> I know he looks Asian right <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know what anybody looks like in this type of climate. You know, people could look like whatever. I thought he was more like Samoan or a little bit. I was like, man, maybe he's from like Hawaii or something like that. He looks like Samoan because he's like, he's he's white, but he's dark, you know, like a tan. Like a yeah. Tan. So we, we uh, leave. He is Puerto Rican. Yeah. Puerto Rican. Shout out to Puerto Rico. Shout out to all my people in Savannah Grande. Shout out to everybody in the big sheet. You know what I mean? That's what it's about. Shout out to Don Omar too. That's my boy. Hold your head up, Don Omar. We got you. So um, we leave. We leave. We leave oh, Okinawa. God. We leave Okinawa, and you're eleven, about to turn twelve. Where do you guys go next? Utah. Wow. I know. Salt Lake City, Utah. That type of Utah. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow, Mormon Central. Utah. Yes, I just wanted to say that. Yes, Mormon City. <laughs> My friend, like who I was in high school with, he goes, um, he went on this like spiritual journey. He was Mormon. And then as soon as he went to Utah, it was like 10 kids out of nowhere. I'm like, what are you doing out there? He's like, hey, man, it's the oh. Mormon way, man. It's the, it's the, it's the Mormon way. You get, out there, you get out to Utah, right? And what's that mm-hmm. like? What's that, what's that adjustment? Because you're back in the stateside. And you really don't have any real remembrance of the stateside because you're in New York to like six or seven. So what's it like adjusting back to being around different people from socioeconomic backgrounds, people who are not in the military? Because you're not on a base anymore, right? You're more like no. public. Yes. So it, it was an adjustment because, you know, people obviously are different. But I remember when we got to Utah, it was freezing cold. It was snow everywhere, and all I could think was, man, now I have to start over another school. Here we go. <laughs> what was it like, the nerves? Were you nervous about meeting new people, or? I was nervous because 
I I was already quiet for most part, but um, I was just nervous meeting new people. How are they going to treat me? Are they going to be like mean or whatever? Because it seemed like when I would move, I move in the middle of the year. So I was always the new kid. So starting there. And I mean, when I first started, it wasn't too bad. I made a couple friends that I still talk to to this day. Mm-hmm. So, How long do you guys stay there for? Uh, I think it was two, two or three years. Do you think? Honestly, three years. Yeah. Do you say that since you bounced around a lot, that you're good at being in uncomfortable situations? Do you feel like that a little bit? Meaning that yeah. you're not intimidated by being in different situations because you've been in the most uncomfortable positions, being the new kid or being a kid in a different country. Yes, I, I, I do feel that way. Um, just because, you know, my dad moving us around, like it, it taught us to adjust to different, you know, something different every time. So we, you know. So... <laughs> We go to Salt Lake City. What are the friends that you picked up in Salt Lake City? Who was the first people that you met in Salt Lake City? So I had a friend named Cameron, mm-hmm. Carrie, and Corey. Just three. Well, those were my three. Yeah, um, good I'm friends. Just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> so they were actually the only three I hung out with. Yes, you're right. Yes, three friends. That's it. I wasn't. There's nothing like, wrong with that. Social bug. Yeah. <laughs> Because I, I, you notice that people who move around a lot are always good at finding like two to three solid people before they move because they are adjusting to what's about to happen. I might move away again. So, you know, you find who matches your personality. Yeah. What was it like when you first met them? Walk us through the first memories. So first friend I met was Cameron. Very social, sweet, came up to me. Hi, Cameron. How are you? What's your name? You're the new girl. Yes, I see you're the new girl. Military. Yeah, my dad's military. Okay, we can be friends. What? Okay. (laughs) Carrie, she was a bubblehead. So I loved everything about her. She was just so ditzy. She was ditzy. It was like if you like the sky was blue she's like no it's not like you know she's just really dumb sometimes but sweet personality I actually met her in um what class are we in I think it was like a uh, computer class that we had to take I met her in that and then I met Corey through Cameron and Carrie because they would hang out and Corey was the shy one he was quiet Okay. There's just this big old nerd, braces, chunky boy, just like you're not typical type of person. Like he's just a typical like nerd. Like he was so sweet though. But I just they all lived we all lived in the same neighborhood, one street over from each other, all of us, and we would walk to each other's house and hang out and we just that was like our life. Was it weird adjusting to the housing situation? Because in, you know, Okinawa, just small houses. So then you get this big house in Salt Lake City. You're just like, what? It was, yeah, it was different because the houses are pretty big there. But 
I was just kind of like, man, like, this is really nice. Like, okay, I like it. We had a backyard. I was excited about that. Like, you know, you had somewhere to play. Like, we were outside kids. So, like, back then, we were always outside. Everything was the park. Like, going to find, like, trails or, like, lakes or ponds or whatever the case may be. Whatever they had around is what we are just always outside. I loved it. So walk us through the news when dad comes home and goes, all right, guys, let's pack it up again. And when he did that, I was like, where are we going now? I was excited because just like the moving and something new, it, you know, it was exciting. And when he said Japan, I was like, Okinawa again? And he was like, no, we're going to Yakota. I said, okay. So I was like, excited because I thought we we're still gonna be stateside and then when he pulled the Japan card again I was like man but I was really sad to leave all three of my friends that I stayed in contact with still but now we're off to Yakota Japan so what we're gonna do is we're gonna skip over Yakota because we can talk about Yakota for hours right we're gonna come back could. at the end okay we'll at the end so we, that's where we met. We met in Yakota. We're going to talk about how we met, but we're going to go till we skip over Japan. When do you leave Japan? How long do you stay in Tokyo for? Three years. Three years. Oh, it's the same time. I, when I say it's, what I, I talk about this all the time when I tell people, it's just a wild place. It's a wild place because when I tell my lady all the stories of Japan, sometimes she either looks at me and then when she meets my friends, she's like, okay, now I get it. You know what I mean? When yeah. She meets everybody. <laughs> <laughs> when she meets everybody, yeah. when we we bump into people, there's been plenty of times where I bump into random people, and I was like, anywhere in the world I could find somebody. So we're gonna come back to we're gonna come back to Tokyo. That's a big part of her life. Let's go. You moved yeah. from Japan. You were in what tenth, eleventh grade? When did you leave? Tenth grade, middle of tenth grade. I left. Where did you guys head to next? Florida. Oh really? Yes. It's kind of like we're always like different yeah no, always like bouncing in different states what part of florida do you guys go to uh right here in fort walton beach we got he got uh, my dad got stationed first at eglin air force base yeah i've been there. so so we were um we got stationed here and i remember when we first got here my mom was crying and she was like I hate it here like I hate it and we literally just <laughs> got here she's like <laughs> she was crying she's like I hate it here so much I want to go back like she just didn't want to leave Japan like she loved it like if she could live there she would that was life for her <laughs> she so, said she she hated it it was pitch black outside when we got here and she talked about I hate it I was like mom we didn't even do anything yet <laughs> It, it's a big adjustment when people move to Florida. Like, if you're not from that Florida, if you're not from Florida, when you meet Florida people, when you come back, it's a completely different world. So walk, oh, yeah. walk us through that. Because the part of Florida where you are, it's like, it's like backwoods people. There's gators out there. Then there's a random yes. military base. And yeah. it's, it's like a, the, the, the swamp. Of <laughs> We're like in the middle of like hillbilly central. I should say like that. Like, it's super country out here. You guys are close super to Panama country. City, right? About 45 minutes away, yeah. 
Yeah, that's why we would meet all these military people and they would come to Panama City. All right, where are you guys coming from? And they would just come 30 deep, everything else. Yes. And when they tell us what town they're from, I was like, yep, I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was an adjustment here because obviously I had to finish my high school out here, mm -hmm. which was sucked so bad. What's, but, what's um, up about it? I went... Well, I went to a school called Niceville High School. Niceville. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't so nice. What wasn't what but, wasn't nice about it? Well, that school is well, I don't want to sound like crazy, but like, you know, the minority level percentage there is very small. And then the way that a lot of the kids that go to the school there are very close minded and very like racist and I dealt with a lot of that coming to that school moving from Japan where you are completely used to like the mixture of every type of race you could probably think of and it's just like that's what you get used to and then I come here boom the widest school that I can go to and it was the hardest because starting 10th grade there I'm obviously the new girl again um I got in trouble a lot because a lot of the girls there would tell me to go back where I came from, that I don't need to be here, this and that. Wow. And, you know, so it was hard. I, you know, and I was cheerleading over here, you know, I was the only brown girl on my cheerleading squad. And, you know, I got into detention a lot. I didn't get suspended just because I was still cheerleading. And, you know, but I did get into detention a lot because I started getting into a lot of fights. And that's because I didn't like getting picked on anymore. Like, you just, you don't like hearing that type of stuff. Like, you don't like hearing somebody telling you, go back where you came from or that you don't belong here and stuff. You know, it, it's rough. It's hard. And I'm new. So it's like, I knew that it would be harder to make friends coming here and to go to that school than it has been, even if I only did make one or two friends, like in other places, it was very hard here. Very hard. You think it was a lot of jealousy when you got there? Because like when they say go back to where you came from, they probably didn't know that you were Puerto Rican. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know, you know, like, go back to when where you're you new, you know, a lot of the guys or whoever, like they think like fresh meat, like, okay, right. like, you know, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it could have been anything. And I don't want to say it was completely jealousy because I don't think of myself to be like, you know, like this top-notch walking person. But I would say, like, it could have been just the fact that I was new and it was someone to pick on because they probably thought I wouldn't say anything. I was really small, too. So, and a lot of the girls that picked at me were big girls. We're talking 300 wow. pounds, 350. Was... We're talking about Adele before the weight loss. <laughs> <laughs> talking about we talking about 21 so, Adele, or so... we talking about we talking about when she lost her man Adele. Which Adele we talking about? <laughs> back. I'm back. Okay. okay I was like, yeah. what happened? What have no, we talking about? I mean, there were a couple girls. They look like you know some linebackers. I mean. You I can't say, say we got to say linemen. Linebackers are the big. You got to, I, I know. Linemen, linemen. There's some big so people out there. We did, I mean, some of them were pretty big and tall. They can be tall and skinny, but you know, I'm tiny. I was 115 pounds and I'm 5'3". Like, I was so little and but you're coming. 
let's let the people know first. You are little, but you're very feisty. Let's let's make sure we add that point to it. You are very fast to throw hands too. You are very fast at swinging as well. So even though she was small, she would hit you and she would try to connect with your face if she had a chance to. Yes, I won't lie about that. And when you say fresh meat, a lot of people don't know what fresh meat is. In the military, they called it fresh meat because every year, every different climate, people would move into a different base and it'll be a fresh set of faces. So when you get there, it, it is a sense of jealousy because all these friends are introduced to a new face. So a new face, mm-hmm. old friends are jealous, like who's this person, who's this, these relationships that I established already. So it's, very, it's a very tricky skill to have being fresh meat because you notice like, okay, I got one chance to make an impression. And you can change whoever you are. I felt like that was when we moved around as a chance to create any, any character that you wanted to be. Yeah. So the character, not the character, you chose to be yourself as you come to Florida. And what is, what is it like? Who do you cling on to? Because this is when your sister's gone now. This is yes. 15, 16. So your sister, she's out. Yeah, she's gone. So I was in math class and I got an argument with a girl and I stood up. And so there's another girl behind me and she was Dominican. Uh-oh. And she stood up and started going off on the girl. And the only reason why she did it was because she first moved there. Like when she had first moved from Dominican Republic, the same girl tried to pick on her. So she said, no, like, you're not going to pick on her. And then ever since then, like, so her name was Nia. Her name is Estefania. But we call her, yeah, so we call her Nia for short. And that was who... That was who I became friends with, like 10th grade, me and a Dominican girl. She was just as tiny as I was, but she was a lot more feistier than me, I will say. Or a lot more. Isn't it kind of crazy that, that how people, people, it turns into like a prison a little bit, how you gravitate to the people that look like you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really strange how you go to a place where everyone's different and you're you're used to these different cultures and stuff like that you're blending and then you get to a place where it's just like okay it's us all right yeah. these Latinos, let's stick together <laughs> you know it's rare yeah. for dominicans and puerto ricans to actually have a to have a bond you know what i mean that's rare up up north and you being from new york having your own prejudices of dominican people i'm proud of you for just letting that go and understanding that these are my people now you know what i mean Orale, yeah. that's what we need okay <laughs> yeah <tayo. laughs> Yeah, so. so she's your first friend. What does she say? Are you guys? I noticed that you you were like very like, you spoke Spanish, but you only spoke it around your family. But did you have that sense of like, all right, this is our language that we can speak together. These people, these hicks, don't know about, or what was it like? Did you guys conversate more? That's in Spanish? exactly what it was like. Mm-hmm. We did conversate in Spanish a lot. Um, you know, especially like if you know we didn't want anybody to know. We did speak English to you know other like everybody like we did speak a lot of English but when it came down to like if we needed a private conversation we would speak a lot more Spanish but when do you start feeling accepted when do you start feeling like all right I really belong here when do you when does that happen um when I joined RLTC again oh really yeah I did what was that like well I joined that and 
I liked it because, you know, in ROTC, a lot of the um, people that are in there are mostly military people, military kids and stuff. So it was easier to like adjust to that. So being in there is when I started feeling really accepted and I had met a, a really good friend at that time um, named Josh widest of the widest of the widest boy you could ever meet but he was so goofy right so goofy but um he became a really 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 good best friend to me at the time and I say at the time because there's a story behind it of what happened between us um so now I have Nia who doesn't do any type of sports who doesn't do anything except talk shit and hang out with me <laughs> and then I have <laughs> then I have <laughs> then I have Josh who does ROTC with me and lives literally across the street from me and um at Eglin so okay. he lives like right across the street from me there so he becomes more of a closer friend than she does because she like I only got to see her at school it was not like anything outside of school. Like it was always just at school. Like that was who I sat at lunch with. That's who like we would all eat together. But for Josh, let's see. What was the story behind that? That you said there was so a story me and him became me and him became really good friends. I wanna say he became one of my best friends. And then he actually introduced me to a, a guy who had just moved there and he, his dad was military. So he was like, I think that we all should hang out. This guy that I met, his name was Michael, um, mixed boy. We started dating. And then I think that got Josh uh, upset. Ooh. So going from there, yeah. So going from there, um, after, all did of that, that happens. A, did that put a strain? Oh, it, go ahead. Talk. I'm sorry. Did it put a strain on our friendship? It did because I didn't know how Josh felt about me and he mm -hmm. never like expressed anything. He just was always such a good friend, like never said anything. But I had to stop being his best friend because he tried to kill himself. Oh, free. And he wrote a letter and the letter stayed in, in it that he was in love with me and that, you know, expressed all this emotion about how he felt toward me and that he wanted to be more than best friends. And then he, he just thought that he should take his life pretty much because of that. I never knew that because if I knew that, I think I would have started separating myself from him. But I got a phone call that day from his mom and she told me that he was in the hospital and I got upset because this is my best friend. Like, I know nothing right at this point. This is my best friend. I need to go see him. My dad saying, no, you can't go. But he already knew what was going on. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, you can't go. And I said, well, why not? Like, that's my best friend. I have to. And he said, no, there's just some things that we're going to have to talk about. So his mom blamed me for him doing that. So that was hard on me because... Not only did she blame me, but everybody at school that I'm already hated at knew that happened and they blamed me. But my 
boyfriend at the time and my parents both explained to me that with someone that is in that mental type of state, like you have to separate yourself from them, like, because it's not healthy for him and then it wouldn't be healthy for me. So that's why our friendship ended. It wasn't because like he was mean or something. We had a bad falling out. It was just because he mentally just was not stable enough to have me as a friend. Do you ever wonder when you're thinking about your life, why a lot of people who are mentally unstable are around you? Have you noticed that? Because I'm mentally unstable? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, if you, like, if like you're noticing that, like, um, throughout going, you're either, you're either losing someone, you've either lost someone, or someone has taken themselves out of their lives. Do you ever get to the point where you're wondering, like, yo, what's, what's, like, what am I moving into? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know, like. I don't even know how to answer it because it it's hard to even give an answer for something like that because a lot of the times you just don't know what you're getting yourself into and then when it comes out it's always like it seems like always at the end of everything is when stuff starts coming out because yeah. at this time this is the ending time of us having to be at Eglin too so like you know it I don't know. I just notice a lot of the stuff that happens is when I'm getting ready to move. Mm. Like something bad always happens. Like when I'm getting ready to move and I just, I never, I never understand why that happens. I always think, is it me? Like, am I doing something wrong? Do I, you know, am I, no, like my mom thinks people like that cling to me because I'm nice. I have a big heart. I just, I'm very open to just accepting anybody that, like comes my way as like you know and that's hard i find that stuff happening to me too i find that when i meet people all of a sudden they start telling me stuff that they don't tell anybody else mm-hmm. yeah like, oh all right cool and they're like I, was, I just felt so comfortable i told you all this and i'm just like so are you gonna be okay okay now or you know i was like because i'm not a trained therapist at all at all you know right but i just i i I just feel like listening is a rare trait from people. Like so many times we're always talking mm -hmm. to people or talking at people, but no one has a chance to really just express themselves freely and be like, oh, wow, that is interesting how you see the world or see life. So Josh, he, 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 the suicide night, do you get it? Do you read it or his mom reads it? You don't get, you don't get his, to see all this stuff, right? I don't get to see it. His mom read the letter. And he read the letter she too. read it to me. She, yeah, so when wild. So she calls my dad because now at this point, only type of communication is through my parents. So she called, she wanted to read the letter and what it stated. And, you know, at this point, you know, my parents are upset because one, they don't think I need to hear it. But two, she was blaming me. And obviously, you know, my mom can be a little feisty. And my dad is level headed. So my dad rarely gets mad, but when he gets mad and like feels like you're attacking my child, like he got mad. Like I've never seen that side and I never see my dad mad. So that would be the first time I actually seen him pissed. Like I just, I've never seen that side. 
but I understood why, like, you know, this lady is attacking me, like, blaming me for something. Her child obviously had, like, a little, you know, a little uh, burnout in his head, I guess you can say, that things just weren't stable. Is he still alive now? Yes, that I know of. Do you, or? Um, he tried to a few years down the road after that, um, but I didn't respond because I felt like if I did that, it would just open up the can of worms again, and I was scared. Right. Because I don't want to be the reason why somebody hurts themselves or feel like, you know, they're failing. I don't want to feel like, you know, I'm the reason for something. And I felt like it would just be best not to like respond to him at all. Yeah. This is, this is all your sophomore year or this is towards your junior year? This is my junior year, <clears throat> all toward my junior year. Cause I know, I remember at this time, the guy I was dating at the time, he was graduating because he was a year ahead of me. So I remember I was going into my, you know, the end of my junior year, you know, he's a senior getting ready to graduate. And it was just like, hey, he's leaving. I'm going to be hitting my senior year soon. So it was like, it was all that trickle right there. Did you have any moments <laughs> where you just stuck your head in the pillow and screamed and like cried out? Was it like, did you ever feel yeah. alone? I... I remember when I, at that time, when I was at school and, you know, when everybody just stares at you and they point the finger, I cried. Like, I literally cried. I called my dad to come pick me up from school that day. He did. And I went home and just cried myself in my bed. Like, I just, I just didn't get it. Like, I just, I think in my mind, I was just still wondering, like, what did I do? you to think anything or what did I do for you to not talk to me about it like why didn't she talk to me like why couldn't you have said anything I just always wondered why and that's have to to drop that type of drop that type of weight on someone who wasn't ready for it you know what what go through your baby sister's head as she's going she's about to go to high school right or she's like entering high school is she like wondering like why is my sister feeling this way do you guys have that when do you guys become like close does that happen like as you guys move to Florida? Because it's all you so, guys now. So we, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can. So Sorry. we this start getting, great. so at this time, like me and my sister, like we had a good relationship, but we weren't like, we didn't have that closeness yet. Like we still had a good relationship. And she would be like, are you okay? Like, do you want to talk? And I would say no. Like, she was always like that. She always worried about me. She was always like, are you okay? And then she'll be like, it'll be okay. And then she would leave. My younger sister was like that. But my older sister was not like that with me. My older sister, like I said, we had a different relationship. She was very rough. <laughs> like a black hawk or something like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like something. Zero to a hundred. <laughs> But yeah. she's out of the house though, right? So she's out of the house. Or is that the one that you called? Like, look, Fina, this is what I'm going through. Like, I'm, I'm stressed. I'm this. Like, what's that like? Because who, who do you reach out to? Because it was, and you got to think about it. If you're talking your junior year, we're talking 2004, 2005. And 
technology yeah. wasn't really there yet. It was MSN Messenger. So you had to wait till someone dials up. All your friends are 12 hours ahead of you. You can either yeah. shoot emails or anything else. So you really feel alone. Techno you know, technology, what word am I saying? Social media wise, you're alone. So all you right. have is your father, your mother, and your sister. And mm-hmm. Mr. Mike, Mike. Michael. Michael, what does he mix with? He was um, Mexican, Japanese, and um, Hawaiian. Get it all, yeah. So Mike leaves. Yeah. Mike leaves. So now you're public enemy number one at your high school. You feel hated. You are, what do you do? What do you do to fight off this depression? Like, are you doing anything that's harming yourself? Or are you just sad? So I was sad. I was very sad and I started to, so it got to a point where I was so sad, but I stopped eating and I would throw up my food a lot. Like I started making myself sick. I felt like it was, and every time I did that, it would make me feel better, but really I was just hurting myself more. So, and not just with that, but like, go ahead. No, no, keep keep going. Um, so I'm like the rhythm of this. So while I'm doing that, like, you know, my, I still like I talk to my dad a lot actually. Like even though I talk to him, at this point, like he said, I'm by myself. Like I saw my younger sister, but we're not like on that level. But I had my dad, and I still talk to him about stuff. But I was still hurting myself by doing all that and just bottling up some emotion. Like I talked about it, but I didn't completely go into depth of what I was doing or how I was feeling completely. Like I just felt like if I kept it to myself and I did that to myself, like it would just make me fine. But Did you ever notice that you keep a lot of pain to yourself? You ever notice that you keep a lot of okay. pain to yourself? You never let your family know what's going on. And like, imagine like if your family reads your story, there's probably parts of them that they don't even know about. They probably never knew how you felt. They probably never noticed the pain that you were going through. And what made you notice at like 17, like no one needs to feel this but me? Um, honestly, I don't know. I just, I don't know what made me think that like nobody needs to know. I think I just... I think what it was is that maybe I just didn't want to go into depth of everything I was feeling and I just didn't express it like that. I just really don't know what made me be that way. So now we're at your senior year, right? We're at the senior, we're in the senior year of her story. We're getting to senior year. Do you move or do you stay there for your senior year? I'm here for my senior year. What's that like? What's that like? You have, you got your friend Nia. We got our Dominican friend Nia. And now we're down two friends. We're down Josh and we're down Michael. Michael goes to DeVry University. He goes to a community college, learns a trade. So now it's you and Nia, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's me and Nia. We're graduating. And that was probably the best day of my life. The best? Wait, you just skipping. How was your senior year? Like after that, does it, does it get better like, at all? It, I mean, it gets okay. Um, but, it never, but at this point, 
Yeah, but at that point, I was ready to, I was ready to be done. Definitely. I was ready to be done with that school. Dang. Like everything about that school, I can't say that I've had like a great memory from it because I didn't. The only thing that good that happened was that I met Nia and then I had Michael, even though he was in college, but at this point, my senior year, like it really is just me and Nia because me and him break up. Oh, how does because that, how do you take that news? I take it bad because at this point, you know, he, I take it bad because another girl that was in RLTC with me that I knew and I did socialize with her in RLTC was, we had a lot of things to do together. He cheated on me with her and it was bad for me because that made it hard for me to work with her at school. It made it hard for me to just finish out my year because I still had to look this bitch in the eye like every day. Like I still had to look at her. And yeah. for me to not attack her because she knew, right. like it just took a lot for me. So I was just ready to just be done, graduate, get out of that shithole school and just go off with my life. Like get out of here. He did this while he was in college? Did I what? He did this while he was in college. He cheats. He cheats on you while he's in college with your best friend, with your associate. No, so actually, he cheated on me while he was in high school. Oh. And I found out when he went off to college because they were doing that stupid game that says "air your dirty laundry," and then they're like, "or um, tell me something that one thing like you know that." your guy has not done. And I said, well, he's never cheated on me. And they looked at me and I was like, now tell me what you know. Like, tell me what you know. And then they told me, and then I asked her and she said, yes. So it was just. Heart's broken. Are you, are you more mad or just, are you mad? That or... was my, I was, I was pissed and I was heartbroken because I felt like, you know, he, you know, at this time, you're still young and stuff. So you think like that person is going to be like, you're all like, that's how it felt. Yeah. And it just broke my heart. Because at this point we spent, I started dating him toward the end of my 10th grade year, all through my high school almost. Right. So so we graduate we graduate we're like f this place we're finally done does dad move do you apply to college what do we do what do we do our senior year let's walk us through that last senior year what's our plan so dad is retiring how many years did he put in he did 26 that's a long time yeah f yeah yeah so dad is retiring at this time i'm graduating i go to join the military Freak, how did I not notice that? You like, you, you've deleted yourself out of the world. Yeah, remember, you like took yourself off social media for like a long time, I, for like six years. I did. I, I didn't want to deal with anything, but. Wow, you served so, the military. So Freak. this is kind of like, it's kind of like, it, okay, so I graduate, I enjoy myself a little, 
you know, I go and hang out with Nia. We go salsa dancing or whatever a couple times. And then I met my daughter's dad. Let's, let's, let's back that up. Do you meet dad in the military or how do we walk us through the first time you guys are out there salsling? Are we at Panama City or we're in the... We're in Fort Walton and it's actually, it used to be a bar out on the strip over here in Fort Walton and they closed it down and it's a restaurant. But what was it called at that time? I don't know. It was called something, but we went salsa dancing there. Right. Nia meets a guy named Alex. Shout out to Alex. And she starts talking to him and then he said that he had a friend and so she want, he wanted her to bring me along so I could meet him. And I was just like, eh, I don't really care to like meet anybody at this point in time because I'm just focused on like I'm ready to get out of this hole. Right. So well, I end up going and I end up hanging out with him so they can hang out. What it was is that they wanted to hang out, but he was with Alex and they needed someone to just keep him so they could hang out. Weird, so I'm sitting yeah. here, yeah. So I'm sitting here like listening to this kid talk to me and I'm just like, he's like, yeah, I can dance, blah, blah, blah. He just seems so into himself, cocky little asshole. Like her dad's name is Jay. Mm -hmm. So he's a cocky little shit. And, you know, I was just thinking, like, this guy, like, ew. Like, you are taller than you or shorter than you? He's got a couple inches on me. So this is a small, strong, small, about a five foot four Mexican man. Does he got the boots on? Because he's from Florida, too. So he's from Florida. <laughs> he's from Puerto Rico. He's a Mexican, Mexican dude from Puerto Rico? No. No, your husband, your ex-husband was. Ex yeah. I'm, I'm getting ahead of Folks, I'm getting ahead of myself. Excuse me. Your job. Let's slow it so, down. Okay, so we meet her dad, dad, who's from Puerto Rico. Shout out to my Puerto Ricans out and, there. And yes, so I meet him. He lies to me about his age. Does he have his eyebrows done? He has his eyebrows done so small <laughs> at that time. I was like, God, they're so girly. <laughs> Uh, uh, I came to so Florida. I was like, "What's up with all these dudes with their eyebrows cut? What is going on?" Yes, and I looked, and I was like, "Is that like a thing down here?" Because I really didn't get it. Because you know, obviously, I was just like, "Whatever." But so then I meet him. We hang out a little bit. I was just like, mm -hmm. "Okay, maybe I'll get to know him a little." Because you know, I'm just like, "Why not?" You're alone, really. Well, he told me at the time. You know, at this time. I'm about, you know, 20. no. So I graduated at 18, 19, I'm 20. Oh, I graduated in 22. Yeah. So I'm about like, I'm about, I'm 21 at this time. Okay. So I meet her dad, I'm 21. Are you still in the military uh, or what? You haven't joined the military yet? I haven't joined. I wasn't, okay. So I did college and then I started some college, met her dad was 21 and then when I met him he lied to me about his age how old was he so I was 21 and he was 18 years old he told me he was 20 wait so you met him when he was like 16 then no he was 18 was... <laughs> <laughs> can you not do that to me? no because you said like because you, you say, well, you know, I did some college and then I meet this guy. So I'm thinking like we did college. So you're 20, he's 18. 
He's 21, he's 18. And he's 18 years old, but he told me he was 20. Did you wonder why he never bought drinks? He just told me he didn't drink. And at this time, I didn't drink alcohol either. Like, I didn't drink. So I was like, okay, like, I didn't. Yeah, so then, well, after this, you know, okay, you know, I sleep with him, whatever, okay. Then, a couple months later, I'm getting ready to go to MEPS for the military. And all I could think was, yes, I'm going to get out of this hole, and I'm going to get away from this guy. Like Jasmine's dad. Well, I went to Matt's. But why do you want to get? Why do you, why do you want to get away from? What's 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 wrong with him? Why do you want to get away? I felt like he was. Why do I want to get away from him? Yeah, because you you guys you guys sleep together. You guys are like kind of like dating. So why do you want to get away with get away from? Him? I just I just felt like he was he was just okay. So I just felt like he was too much. Like, you know, when someone's cleaning up your ass all the time, then it's like, ugh, like I got to get away from that. And I didn't know how to be mean to him and tell him, like, dude, like, chill. Right, right, right. But I, w- I just didn't know. So I go to MEPS. I'm getting ready to go. I'm so excited. I pass everything. They pull me into the office and say, you can't go. And I said, why not? And they said, your pregnancy test came back positive. So then I was like, no, like I argued with the lady. I was like, no, you messed that up. Like that, there's no way, like I'm trying to leave, like no. Right. And so she's like, I'm sorry, but we have to send you back. And I was like, so I go back, I go to my doctor. I tell him I need a pregnancy test because they try to tell me I'm pregnant at MEPS and I need to leave. So then he gives me the test. They take my blood. I'm driving with my older sister at this time. I said, okay, Fina, let's go drive and wait for this test result to come back. The doctor calls and he's like, congratulations, Bernadina. He's like, you're pregnant. (laughs) 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 I, so all I could think was like, what more shit can I go through? I literally almost swerved off the road crying. I was like, no. I was telling my sister, I was like, my life is over. Like, I cannot. And she was like, it's okay. It's okay. Pull over. So I'm like hyperventilating. I'm like thinking like, in my mind, I tell everybody, I don't want kids. Like, I don't want to be responsible for anybody. I want to be that super aunt, like that super thiefy. Like, that's all I want to do. I want to just be responsible for myself. Right, right, right. My dad is waiting at home. My mom is waiting at home and they're waiting for the test results. Oh, so you tell them I might be pregnant. I can't go to the military because. Yes. Okay. And so I thought my dad was going to be pissed at me because, you know, this was like, he was like, you know, my daughter's going to my footsteps. Like, this is it. Like, this is good. Like, I'm so excited. I get home and I'm crying and he's waiting at the door for me, opens his arms. He goes, are you pregnant? And I said, yes. And he goes, it's okay. We'll get through this. Wow. Why I thought he was gonna be so pissed at me. My mother was the one that was pissed at me. <laughs> Cause I thought she would be okay. I thought it was my dad, but it was split. So my dad was so supportive. He was just like, it's okay, we're gonna get through this. Like, I'm gonna help you. We're gonna help you with whatever it is, like, you know. And for, you know, the first couple appointments or whatever, I was still like, I didn't know what to do because at this point in time, I still want to leave. 
I still want to go off with my life and I can't do that if I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. So my parents knowing everything I was going through with Jasmine's dad at the time, um, it was hard because, you know, I'm pregnant and they told me we would fight a lot. And I was always crying. I was stressed out. Like I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to feel like how I felt in high school in like my real life, like my normal day-to-day life. Like, no. So my parents had told me, you know, they pulled me aside into the room. They're like, whatever you decide, we support you. If you don't want to keep the baby, they was, they're like, we support you. Like, we understand you're going through a lot. And, you know, at this time, I was like, I don't believe in abortion. I don't believe anything like that. And I was like, no, like, I'm going to keep it. And I did that, I think, more so. And I know this sounds really bad, but I at that time, I did it more so because he kept shoving down my throat about, you need to get it aborted. You need to get it aborted. Like, we can't. And so for me, I was just like, who are you to try and make a decision for me? It's like, no, I'm going to keep it. And I'm going to keep it. And that's it. And so at this point, you know, he comes around to the idea of me keeping it. And I'm just thinking in my head, like, I have to deal with him. Like, so, you know, I try to be nice. I try to be like how I normally would be if I was to date someone, I would be sweet. Like, you know, I try to, you know, be how a woman should be, I guess you could say. But at this point, I'm super pregnant and I'm getting beat up all the time. Let's let's back that up about getting beat up. When was the, and you know, let me know if it gets, gets too tough. When was the first time he physically laid his hands on you? Was it before the baby or when you have a baby is when he starts like putting put in pressure to you so i was about six months pregnant at this point and the first time he put his hands on me he shoved me into the door and it was just because i wanted to go to the gym to like kind of just like walk or whatever and he didn't want me to go anywhere so at this point in time like he was very controlling. So I wasn't allowed to go to the store with my parents. I wasn't allowed to do anything. I had to stay home all the time and I'm pregnant. So it's like, what can I do? Like, what am I going to go do? Right? Like I'm this huge girl. I look like Shrek. Like, what am I going to do? So it was, it was just really, really, really rough for me at that time. Um, so that would be the first time. And I got scared because, you know, he was, he was a lot stockier. He was a little bigger. And so at that point I started getting scared. So I was like, man, what do I do? But at the same time, I still wanted my child to have her dad around because I didn't have my real dad. So in my mind, I didn't have my real dad, but I had my stepdad, but I wanted her to have both her real parents. Like it was really, really my goal in, like for her. Right. And I... He did that, and then the second time, he shoved me again, and my older sister saw him, and she told me, like, if he puts his hands on you again, like, I'm going to tell mom and Junie, and I was just like, no, like, no, 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 please don't, like, I was just like, no, like, it's going to get better, like, it's going to get better, and I, it's because I wanted it to get better. Mm. Then, I was about eight months pregnant, and I was driving, and we were parking in my mom's driveway, in my dad's driveway, and um, 
he argues with me about, you know, I printed some pictures off of the bait, like, you know, copies of the ultrasound for like his family and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was arguing with me about, oh man, every time they argue, I, I can never remember what it is because it was just so tedious, I felt like. But um, I think it was about like going over there and me not wanting to go at the time if he could just take the pictures of them because I wasn't feeling well. I was already eight months pregnant. Like I'm ready to like pop. Well, he had took one of the pictures, crumbled it up, and he started to shove it down my throat. Like literally try like like choke me out, like kill me pretty much. Like he tried he was shoving it down my throat. Oh my gosh. No, he was he was sitting in the passenger seat. So I was in the car. And I was so lucky at this moment because all I can think in my head is that I can't breathe. I'm eight months pregnant. I'm about to die. Like, this is it. Like, that's it. My dad came running out. Like, he saw in the window. He came running out. He told him, get your fucking ass out of here. Like, go find your own way home. Like, that's it. Don't ever come back over here. And, like, that was it for that. Like, I had a baby by myself. My mom was in the room with me. I had, I had her and then, you know, it was just me and my parents. Like I like could think was like, man, like my daughter is going to have no dad. Like that's it. Like, does it flash point to you? Like, wow, she's growing up like me a little bit. Do you feel that way a little bit? Yeah, I do. How heartbreaking I, is that? Like, how heartbreaking is that? Just like, man, I can't believe this guy that I, did you love him at the point or you didn't love him yet? You just, did you feel like you're in a situation where you were stuck with him? I, at first I felt like I, I was stuck with someone. Okay. And then as I kept trying to like, you know, I was like, no, like this will work. I started gaining feelings because he had his days where he was sweet. It wasn't always okay. rough, but he had his days where he was sweet. And then when he was just mean, I was just like, man, like I did feel like I loved him, that I was, you know, like that I loved him. Not that I was in love with him, but that I just loved him. Right. And um, it was heartbreaking because I did start seeing that me and my daughter, because she was going to grow up with no dad. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is heartbreaking because you want your child to have both parents. You want them to have the best of both worlds. Cause what I'm, what I could teach her, he may not be able to, and what he can teach her, I may not be able to. And it was hard. This is 20, you're 22, right? You're 22 when you have baby Jasmine, Jasmine Marie. Yes. I'm 22. He's nowhere in the picture at all. You know, you don't see him. He just, he leaves nothing. His family doesn't reach out and try to, become a part of Jazzy's life or so after six weeks um of like I had her six weeks later my dad got a job what was that pregnancy like like after you do you are you in labor for a while is it you have a water birth or do you have uh you know and it's so it's a thing called the placenta (laughs) it's like this piece of meat that you got to push out afterwards my brother just had a baby so I asked him about it so he's it's like this little thing. You know what I mean? It's like a, some people, <laughs> yeah. Eat, yeah. Placenta. Placenta. Some Spanish people eat it and stuff like that. After like Mayan people. Yeah, I don't, I don't eat it. They freeze it and they you. like put it, yeah, they put it in different stuff. Yeah. What type of so pregnancy was, I was it? In, 
I had a vaginal pregnancy. It was regular on the bed. Push that thing out. Mm -hmm. Epidural, did you take one? I did, actually. At the last moment, I tried to wait out as long as I can. So they said, you either get it now or you don't get it. And I was like, give me the medicine. Like, I was at that point. I was like, give (laughs) me that shit. I was like a demon. (laughs) Give it to me. um, (laughs) I was in labor for 15 hours. Sweet Jesus. Yeah, 15 hours. She was born at 4.52 p.m. And I pushed her out in less than 30 minutes, which was great for someone's first time pregnancy because they say usually it takes about an hour to push, an hour or so. So, so who's, in the, who's, in the, who's, in the, who's in the bedroom with you as you're having the baby? Who are all the people that are waiting? Mom's in the room with me, holding my leg, helping me out. And then my dad's in the waiting room for me. And then um, my sister, my little sister was in the waiting room for me. And then my older sister as well. They were all waiting for me. And Jazzy is the first grandchild out of everyone, right? She's the first one. Yes. First grandbaby. What, walk me through, what's it like when you first hold her for the first time? What's that emotion? What's that feeling of knowing that here's the legacy of, you know what I mean? That's, of me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what's that so, moment of holding your child for the first time? What's that like? I don't know what that's like because I didn't get to. So when I had gave birth to her, um, she had pooped in me, and they didn't want her to cry, and she ended up crying and sucking it in. So she got meconium, which is a infection to the lungs, and she almost died. Jeez, so when I had her... They cut her umbilical cord. They rushed her out, and I didn't know why. And then she couldn't breathe on her own. So she was on – they had to send her – at this point, I'm giving birth on base because I was under my dad's insurance still at that time. Shout out to TRICARE. Yeah, so they sent her to um, Fort Walton Beach Medical Center, which is right over here in Fort Walton, Florida. And um, she got sent to the NICU. They ended up coming in, telling me what happened. I started crying. I didn't get to hold her. I didn't get to see her. I didn't get to do anything right. So as a mom at that moment, I was so scared. Like it was so, I was sad because I didn't get to see her. I didn't get to see what she looked like. I didn't get to like nothing. Like it was just like clip, snip, took her away. Like, bye. She went to Fort Walton Beach. Your baby has to be on oxygen for because she can't breathe on her own. How do you get over it? Do you have to, like, do they send you there, or do you? So I get sent home from the hospital the next day. I didn't sleep or anything. Mm -hmm. I was just like, they come in. They give me all the paperwork. She's at the NICU. So, you know, I don't get to do any type of, like, breastfeeding or anything that I wanted. So, you know, I go over to Fort Walton Beach. I go to the NICU. You know, they have me pumping in like a separate room to kind of get my milk flow going. So when, you know, they said she wasn't doing so well the first day. So I was like, you know, upset. I wasn't allowed to hold her or anything. I had to look at her from the the little cage that they have her in, like the little thing. Baby's in a cage? Well, what is it called? Um, Oh, like the glass. Yeah. What type of... (laughs) 
was like, what? <laughs> you had me so scared. They put babies in cages? What? <laughs> Not a cage. Uh, you know, the, um, like the glass thing. About. Yes. The glass yeah, thing. I haven't seen any births. I watch all births on YouTube, but I think like the thing, like we oh, see those gosh. movies, you see like babies in like, yes. Okay, yes. So the babies are not in a cage, folks. Everyone who works at Fork Beach Hospital, they don't put babies in cages. Just want to put that out there for the fans. <laughs> so um, that was the first day. The second day, they they called me. They said, she's doing a little bit better. You can come in and try and feed her. I went in. Um, she had a hard time latching. And then so they, they gave me, like, a way to, like, you know, get her to latch a little. But... Um, it wasn't that great. And so we bottle fed her like their little milks that they give out at mm -hmm. the hospital. And then they called me in the middle of the night and they said that she was breathing on her own because they took off the oxygen. So I was like, oh my gosh. So then they kept her one more day, which is the third day. Then they told me that I can come in and then she can come home. So I was really excited that day. You pick her I up, think right? this is the first time you pick her up? This is the second time because the second day I went, I was allowed to try and breastfeed her because she was starting to be able to breathe on her own. And then the third day was just like, I got to hold her with no cords on her, no nothing. And that was just like the best feeling ever. What are her eyes, dude? Her eyes just like, look, does she her recognize eyes her? Are like, her eyes are so like, chinky looking like my baby like they were so like chinky looking like the term is not appropriate um, her eyes were very oh is that bad to say i mean but no. she does she look like a little like her eyes she looked look like a little asian baby like she was so cute and then when she opened them it was like these big like brown eyeballs like she has your yes. eyes, right? You have brown eyes. So she got her. Mm -hmm. who, does, who does she look like? Who do you think she looks like? Does she look like you or does she look like dad? What does she look like? So I like to just assume that she completely looks like me, but that would be lying. <laughs> Probably would be. So yeah. she has a good mixture of both of us, actually. She's dark complected like me, but she has like his big cheeks and then she has his head shape. And she has my eyes and my nose. And then she has the curly hair like me. It's so like, she's. Out of all these feelings when I meet, when my friends have babies, like I'm just so happy for them. You know what I mean? It's like mm -hmm. freaking Joe just had his baby. Joe had his baby two days before my brother had his baby. And I'm always just Oh like, my gosh, I can't believe that. I can't, that's what I'm saying. Like sometimes when we're all talking, you know, I, I you know me, I'm always checking in on people. And sometimes it baffles me that yeah. like all adults, and I'm like, man, this freaking Jen has a freaking uh, old kid. She has a freaking kid. You know what I mean? She's a mom. So let's so motherhood. What, what is I that am. like? Like, what is? How has Jasmine changed your life? Like, how does she take it out? Because do you oh experience postpartum depression at all? Because dad's not in your life. She just got out of a cage, and you get her from the cage, and. I'm just kidding. So you finally, you I finally, love it. You finally feed her for the first time. You're feeding her for the first time. So what's it like when you take her, we finally take her home? Do you have a crib ready? Do you have everything else? Are you back at your parents? What do you do? 
So I'm with my parents and, you know, she has her own crib and she sleeps in it. And it was like, bringing her home for the first time was the best feeling. Like all I could think was like, like, oh my God, that's mine. Like she came out of me. Like I like, I baked that baby in me. Holy cow. Like. <laughs> you have a very strange vocabulary. <laughs> I baked this when, baby. I did bake it. Like she baked in me. Rock for, like Simmered in there. Yeah. She came out like a whole roly poly. She was a How big, big baby. was she? Was she a big baby? She was eight pounds nine ounces. DDD. And she was twenty inches. So it's long, she was, right? She was a big baby, yeah. But it could have been all the hot wings I ate the whole time. Were you did you have heartburn when you were pregnant? No. They say when you have heartburn you're pregnant, the baby comes out with a lot of hair. Oh, she came out with a good amount of hair. I didn't have any heartburn. I didn't even get sick. I had, honestly, I had a really good pregnancy. Like I had no nausea, no heartburn, no nothing. Like I only, you know, I walked a lot. Like I didn't have any issues like at all. The only issue I had was giving birth was what that and that was it. But so now Jasmine Marie is, where did you get the name? Who, who named, you named her, but what does Jasmine mean? Ja I don't know. It came from Princess Jasmine. Because <laughs> yeah, I picked the name. Listen, my mom picked Jasmine because I had a name, but my dad said no, because then he said they might call her uh, Cattle in school. Because I was going to name her Catalina, and he says, no, they might call her Cattle. Catalina. Don't do that to her. <laughs> going down like a Catalina wine mixer. Oh, gosh. So how spoiled, so, this is the first baby inside the Serrano household, right? So everyone's excited. How spoiled, does she sleep on her back? Does she sleep on her stomach? So she slept on her um, back, but she had to sleep on the swaddled one. And then she had to also sleep on a, um, a memory foam pillow that was inclined and she just laid in it. And it had like, I don't know, the two hump things, I guess it's for you, the neck or whatever, sticks out. And my sister started her on that. So, so we have Jazzy and you're doing the things of a mom. Do you remember the first time she walked? What's that like when the first time she walked for you? Oh my gosh, she was nine months old and when she started walking. But um, the first time she walked, I was just like, man, like, She's doing everything early. Like, I just was like, she probably might be smart. I hope she's smart, like her What's mother. The first word she said. What's the first word she said? She... Dada? No. What did she say? Juni? Papa? Papa. Ah, she's for a granddad. <laughs> mm -hmm. Grandpa. She is a grandpa's girl to the T. Like, it's grandpa's everything to her like yeah so we're single mom we're single mom but you're in a loving household but you're still in this this town that you don't want to be in we're still mm -hmm. in this town you don't want to be in so when so do you go back to the military do you go back and join no so what happens is after i have her six weeks later we moved to virginia my dad got a job offer over there for to work at the um the pentagon mm -hmm. military people we moved yeah. over I know. I was like, everybody knows. Yep, that Pentagon job. Yeah. So 
we moved over there. And at this time, you know, before we go there, we drive all the way up to New York to go see my family because, you know, they want to see the baby and all that stuff. And, you know, my aunt gets this, you know, she threw me a baby shower while I was there. So it was really nice. Um, I moved to Virginia. We didn't stay there. Ja like we moved back. Jasmine was like six months old. So we didn't stay long. It was very expensive to live there. Girl, who you telling? I don't know. It was like, my dad was just like, I felt, he felt like he was making good money, but he never saw any of it because it would all go toward like the bills and stuff like that. Cause it was just so high. It was so bad. Especially coming from Florida in a tax-free state. Mm -hmm. so, so we're 23 now. We're hitting 23. We hit 23, 24. We go back to Florida. Yes. Yes. So we go back to Florida. Same place or different city? Same place. Same house? Same everything? No. So we moved back and we're here. Um, my, we get a, we rent a house on Shady Street. I remember that. And we live there and then my parents end up buying a house, which is where they stay now for the last, like, feels like 50 years of their life. <laughs> So tired. You don't got, you know what I mean? You've lived a, you've, you've lived a great life when you're in the yeah. middle, you get that retired, that retired, that comfortability of like, man, I get to enjoy what I work for. Yes. Yes. So I when do, that. so, so when do we go? All right, let's go to the military because you still don't like, the town, right? I don't like the, yeah. So I still don't like this area, but I end up not going to the military. I, sorry, I have to get my charger. Phone is dying on me. It's okay, folks. We, we never, we never want to <laughs> put a pause on anyone's life story. You know, these things go long, you know? So if we do have to do part one and part two, we're going to make sure we get the Bernadina life story, ladies and gentlemen. This is each Hollywood, you know what I mean? I, uh, I was talking to, before we get back to your life story, one of my friends, his name is okay. Kona, okay. And he was telling me just like, why are you? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Um, so uh, I, was telling, I was telling Bernadina that my friend Jonas, he's a stand-up comic, and usually we interview comedians and stuff. But I said, like, I know so many strong people with so many great stories. Like, I should just, I should just get their stories. And we're in, so we're at 24. We're at 24. Janet has, if we're summing things that were recurring, she, she moves from New York. She goes to Okinawa. She meets her best friend. Her friend passes away, and then she goes back to Utah. She goes to Utah. She meets her three friends in Utah. And then all of a sudden, she goes back to Tokyo. We're going to come back to that later. Then she goes to Fort Walton Beach, Florida, and she meets – she's not welcome nice. She's a brown girl living in a, in a Caucasian city. So we're, we're working on we're, – we're, she's adjusting to that. She was adjusting being a brown girl living in a Caucasian city. And now she's just had her baby just for people to keep on track. So she's just had her baby. She's gone closer with her father. Her father and her have developed more of a, a loving type of relationship. He was the one that was happy when she had the baby. Mama wasn't too happy. Mama thought she was going to take her to Pow Pow City, but she doesn't take her to Pow Pow City because she's an adult now. And most Puerto Ricans stop beating their children at 20 years old. So we yeah. go to... <laughs> we, we, we got Jazzy. You guys come back to Florida. So what, what happens? Do you still feel this thing? Like I'm in this small town, I'm a peacock, I gotta fly. So what are we doing now? So at this point, 
it just dawned on me that I'm going to be stuck at this city for a little bit. And I was, so I continued going to college. I did my, um, at this point, I'm getting ready to apply for nursing school. And it was, you know, it was hard. That took a couple years for me to do. And then I finished or graduated. When did you graduate? And you got to think about it. She was going to college as a single mom, taking care of her baby and in school, working with a full-time job and going to class at night to be a nurse. So when mm-hmm. you see her, some things you just, you just, sometimes we always see the finished product, but we don't see like the hard work you got to go there, right? Yeah. Take me through those dark nights where you're like, the baby's up loud and you got to finish your work. And where are you working at at the time to, to make money? So at this time, at this time, which is even crazier, I was working at the daycare with kids. So I'm working at the daycare. I'm going to school. I have my kid. The night, you know, I had I I want even though I didn't have her dad, like I had a really good support system. Um, my parents, my older sister, you know, my little sister, like if I was doing schoolwork, you know, they were helping me with Jasmine. Like my older sister, like if she would wake up in the middle of the night, my older sister was the one to come get her. You know feed her and put her back to sleep for me so I could get rest because she knew that I was I was doing a lot yeah a lot and dad's not helping at all dad's out of the picture dad's completely gone so at this point yes mom Um, his family doesn't even want to check on Jasmine doesn't want pictures doesn't want anything grandma nothing at this yeah at first no um how does that make you I was upset because you know I only lived two streets over from them. Wow. And it was almost like, you know, you had my phone number. You had my parents' number. You knew I, you knew where my parents lived. Like, why didn't you make that effort? Or even at that, like, there would be times, like, even though I just did not want anything to do with him because I just was so mad, mm-hmm. um, I still would text them like, hey, like, do you guys want to see Jasmine? And no one would ever respond. Like, it was really hard at first. Do you think they were embarrassed that he was abusive to you? Do you think they felt ashamed? Or do you think they know? I think with him, um, they looked at him like he was perfect. So they didn't know what he did to me. And even if I wanted to try and explain that to them, how they looked at him, nothing could change the way that they looked at him, how they looked at him. I mean, like he was the baby. He was, he was the baby. He was perfect. He was great. He never did anything wrong. He was everything. Like this cougar woman came in and changed my boy's life. That's probably what they're thinking, right? Yeah. His mom. um, Yeah. His mom didn't like me. She thought I was very sinful. And she thinks because I kept Jasmine and I wasn't married that, wow. you know, wow. they're very religious. So, I mean, I understand your opinion or I understand like you have your beliefs and whatever, but it wasn't honest. Like it was an accident. Like, it's not like I planned it. It was just right. like, you know, and even at that, like, I don't consider myself to be sinful. Yeah. It was the one thing I did outside of my life the wrong way, I guess you can say, but I still, I dealt with it and I did the best I could, you know? You're doing a great job now, you know what I mean? 
Thanks. So we we get Jasmine. We we get our we go to our nursing. When do we meet your your ex husband? But husband. So Janet, she's really good at giving relationship advice. Sometimes I ask her, and she'll give me unsolicited advice about. <laughs> Actually, I'm asking about like marriage, and you give me very good tips about marriage, and I really appreciate that because that's what I'm embarking on. So what? Walk us through when you meet your husband for the first time. What's that like? Where do you guys meet? Piggly Wigglies. Um, <laughs> Piggly Wigglies. Um, so I met him at a bar called The Block. And I was actually out just with a couple of, um, a couple of friends I had met down the road. Um, you know, um, I've known like a couple of them for years, just from like college and stuff like that. So we're just all hanging out. We went to the bar. I didn't really go out, but my mom at this point is pushing me to go out. She says, you need to go enjoy your life. You need to go like socialize, uh -huh. stop being in the house. Because all I wanted to do was just be home. I was scared to be out. I would think I was more scared to running into Jasmine's dad. Do but, you think? Do you think it was you were scared of what he would do to you? Yes. So you still had that fear of just like he's going to hurt me when he sees me. Yes, I did. When does that trauma release? Like, when do you feel like he's? I'm never going to see him again, or do you feel like there's a chance you can always bump into him because you guys are in this small town? I always have that feeling I'm going to run into him because we are in a small town. To this I day, mean, you feel that way too? Huh? To this day, you feel like that right now too? Um, yeah, I do. Wow. Um, but I meet my, I meet Adrian. That's his name. I meet him at the block. Okay. Big old nerdy, nerdy guy. Complete opposite of what I would go for. He's just like this goofy looking nerdy guy like i was like oh like okay what does he, he say to you to get your attention let's 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 not go about the nerd stuff let's be honest because you're a nerd as well I, you like dragon I am ball a nerd. z you like anime you're the only girl that we knew that was dragon ball z just like the rest of us so okay thank let's, you let's let's be um, let's talk about the nerdiness that he connected with your inner nerd Okay, so he smiles at me, and I smile back. So he thinks that's a gesture to come over and talk to me. He doesn't say anything. He just stares at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I look at him, and I was just like, okay. So I just grab his hands, and we start dancing. So I was like, okay, let's just dance. And then he, I walk away from him. What song did y'all dance to? I think it was uh, Pop, Lock, and Drop It. Oh, Lord. He had to hold on then, didn't he? <laughs> they had to, yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Yui. You know he just died, the guy who made that song. He just died last I know. So sad. That was in Our whole middle school and high school, man. Shout out to everybody Pop, Locking and Dropping. And if you That's still right. Pop, Lock, and Drop It, you got good knees. Shout out to people with good knees out there. <laughs> Me. Just kidding. <laughs> Pop, Lock, and Drop It. <laughs> <laughs> um so after that I walk away from him and I'm just talking with my friends or whatever so I guess like he leaves and I don't see him so then I leave the next day I go to this bar called Nighttown. it's a club actually mm -hmm. in Dustin and um I see him there but he's with a friend another guy and the guy that's with him comes up and talks to me or and him? he's like 
Yeah, so he's like, Stop hey, singing. you know, how are you? And then he gets my phone number, and I'm just thinking, like, I'm looking at this guy I danced with the night before, and I'm thinking, like, are you going to come talk to me? Like, like that's what I'm thinking. And I'm like, hey. okay, so this guy is just going to ask for my number. Okay, well, okay. yeah, you can have my number here. So then this is, so then there's that. The night ends. I don't talk to any of them after that whole phone number switch. The following weekend on Saturday, I go to night town again. And I'm like, all right. I'm there with the same friends I went to the block with. And he's there with the friend that asked for my number. The guy said that he was going to take me home. And I guess that he, Adrian was so trash that he walked up to me and said, no, you're not. And he had alcohol courage to talk to me. But the lines that came out of his mouth were, I like basketball. I like that uh, football. I, like, <laughs> I was like, looking at him, I was like, okay. And he was just like staring at me after that. I was like, do you want my number or not? And then he was just like, yeah. I was like, all right. So I gave him my phone number and I was just like, okay, see you later. And I was just like, okay. So then he texts me. And I remember when he first texted me, he said, hey, it's, um, he goes, hey, how are you? And I said, good. I was like, do you remember who I am? And he goes, so he wrote Janet. He goes, do you remember who I am? And I said, yeah, Alex. I didn't know. He goes, no, it's Adrian. And I was like, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I knew his name started with an A. I just forgot which one. You <laughs> didn't even remember his name. <laughs> I know. So he made me look super dumb because he remembered who I was, but I didn't remember his name. So there was a couple times he asked me out on dates and I said, no, like, you know, I got to work or no, I'm sick or, you know, I always made up an excuse because I just didn't want to date. Playing hard to get or did you like, I'm a, I'm a mother? Like, what's that like? Because a lot of people out here, some of the people that listen are like single moms. Like, what's that like as a mother going through school, like trying to date again, you know? Um, I think, one, I just didn't want to date. But at the same time, I did think like, yeah, I'm a mom. No one's going to want to want someone with a kid. Like, you know, sometimes when people constantly tell you stuff from like previous relationships or anything, it gets drilled into your head. And so you think it's true. Right. So constant being told like no one's going to want you because you have a kid. That's what I thought. But also at the same time, I was just like, you know, I don't want to date either. Like I was giving, nervous. Giving you that advice. No one wants you because you have a kid. Who's giving you that advice? Um, at that point, that was her dad telling me that because oh, he so eventually he's reaching, he's reaching out to you. Yeah. Okay. And at this point, you know, first it's a, the I want to try and work things out. And I said, no. Oh. And then he, and because I said no, and you know, he's very cocky and stuff. He just thought like, well, no one's going to watch you because you have a kid. Nobody's going to like you or love you the way that I did and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, if you really think what you did was love, I was like, then you're pretty messed up. Like, that's not it. Ciao. So I know. So after that, Yes, I didn't want to date, but I also was just a mom, and I just figured no one's going to want me because I have a kid. And I think at this point, yeah, I was about 24. I think Jasmine was, 
She was She's two. two now. Yeah, two years old. And so I was like, Ugh. so he kept asking me out on dates. I kept declining. Were you politely declining or were you declining, declining? Were you I was polite about it. I said, oh, you know, no. I can't. I was like, no, I can't. I have to work or, you know, oh, I don't feel good. And that was like the first two times. The third time I was like, okay, he's pretty persistent. So I was like, so he's like, he was like, will you go to the movies with me? And I remember I was like, yes, but you know, I was like, I just want you to know I have a kid. And he was like, okay. He was just like, okay, you can bring your kid with you. Oh, what and, a gentleman. And I was like, I was like, really? Like, it, it shocked me because yeah. I thought he was going to be one way because I was told so much. And then he was really just like, well, you can bring your kid with you. Like, I don't mind. Like, go to the movies. What do you want to see? So I never went anywhere without her anyway. And she was really young. So I was like, okay. So me and her went to the movies and we went with him. And then we went you to up the park or you after. Got there and meet him. Like, what? Well, let's let's walk us through that first date. So I met him there because okay. I did. You know, yeah, I had the car seat yeah. and all that extra stuff. You know, that's just a lot to do. So I was like, I'll meet you there. What time does it start? We get there. We get the frozen little slushy things. I get raisinets, and he gets popcorn because you know Jasmine wants some popcorn. So we do all that and. Um, we went to go see, oh, what did we go see? We went to go see some cartoon. How can I not remember this? Ice Age? I don't know. Frozen? No, there was no Wanda. Frozen at that time. This is 24. So this is eight years this ago. Is this is Toy Story 2, Toy Story 3, Inside Out. Could have been inside out. Play four, Bride of Chucky. Oh no, we did not go see Bride of Chucky. What is wrong with you? I don't know. We went to see some cartoon, and it was cute. But it was sweet though, right? He was a gentleman to you. And... He was, yeah, he was very sweet. He was just so like, he was the complete opposite of what I would ever go for, but also complete opposite of what I ever had to deal with. It was just. It was just really nice. I want you to hold that thought. Hold that hold thought. Hold it. Don't move. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Stay there. Don't go nowhere. Okay. Okay. This is good. Trust me. This is great. Great, Jenna. This is great. 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 <laughs> this is great. Gotta get some water. Like it's, it's freaking. All right, folks. We ready? Okay, so we're going through the first date. We're back. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by Levi's Stretch Pants. If you got big thighs, Levi's is what you need. Levi's Stretch Pants, $45. I got that problem when you got big thighs and you know your jeans be ripping on the side. If you got big jeans, you got big thighs, Levi's Stretch Pants, everybody. Levi's Stretch. Oh, gosh. Sponsor yet, but that's who I'm trying to get a sponsor from. So it's first day. This first day, he's Adrian. He's a gentleman. He's, he takes you out. That's I think that that's... I personally believe that is one of the most toughest things for a man to deal with is dealing with, you know, being like your dad. That's, that's tough. That's one of my deal breakers. True story. I had this, I met this chick one time and she goes, 
she said something to me like she had two kids and I told her I didn't I just me personally I was like I don't I don't would like I would never want to date someone with that many children and she goes well my kids are five and seven and I just wish I would have met you two years ago and I said that means your kid will be three and five like what makes you what <laughs> What would what, what did you not understand about? <laughs> but she didn't want to take it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what did you say to me? I was like, yeah, I just don't feel comfortable dating a woman with kids. And she goes, I know, but I just wish I would have met you two years prior than this. And I was like, that means a kid would be three and five. Maybe she doesn't listen. Maybe that's one of the. <laughs> but it's 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 a rare it's a rare skill, and I see a lot of guys doing it. And it, it takes a lot for a man to raise. To step in, to step inside somebody's life. I think for me, I'm just so concerned about being a failure that I don't mm -hmm. want to mess up anything. If I know there's no light at the end of the tunnel, I would never want to be in someone's life if I knew it was temporary. You know what I mean? Right. And that's such a, you know, respect to him for like stepping up and taking both of you guys out on a date. And we mm -hmm. have to say, this is the Mexican dude I'm talking about. Mexicans are very gentlemen. You know, when they come out strong, trust me, trust me. I almost dated a Mexican dude in college, but uh turns out he knew I was a man. But um he uh <laughs> I think he thought I was something else. Like I had like, you know, you wear the compression shorts and I had a hoodie on. And he's like, What's up, sexy legs? And I was like, What the freak did you say to me? And he turned around, I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I said, It's all right, dude. It's okay. I get it a lot. It's all right. So, Adrian. The first date. What's the first date? Who do you go back and tell? Like, girls, you do you have like who do you talk to this dude, your Dominican friend? Like, who do you say? Like, I found this this nerdy dude that's very sweet and he takes us on a date. He bought me popcorn. Like, what's the first date? Vibes. Who do we share that information with? I, so at this point in time, I'm sharing this information with um, Val. Okay, who's Val? Let's go back. Where do oh. we meet Val at? We haven't even got to that part. What age do we meet Val? So Val meets me when... Jasmine is about one years old. Okay, do you guys meet at college, nursing school? Uh, work. Meet? Okay. So, um, where are you working at? Um, at this time, I was working at another um, children's daycare. Uh, daycare. Okay. And I met her there. I didn't work there very long because, you know, I was doing my stuff. But um, I met her there. So, Val is actually one of my other best friends like she's she she's been there through all my hard hardship with adrian so okay so yeah. before we get to the hardship with adrian so what does val say like girl it's about time to lock it down lock it up what does she say so i tell her and she's just i was like but i just like i kept telling her like i just don't know how i feel about it like i just don't know if i'm ready to like put a, like a title or I just don't know if I'm ready to date and she goes she goes you're gonna have to eventually try to put yourself out there again she mm -hmm. goes and not let someone like you know Jasmine's dad make you feel any otherwise because you're not even dating him she goes so you should definitely um try and put yourself out there she kept pushing me to like you yeah, know yeah. she's like you need friend. to try she was trying so, like, she wanted me to just be happy. So, so Val's encouraging. So, what, so what's the second date like? So, after that, the second date is we go to uh, Chili's. It's just me and him this time. And 
I oh man, we went to Chili's. I ordered the um, Cajun pasta Ooh, and nice pick. A, a yes, and with a Coca Cola, and he ordered some like chicken wings, hot wings or whatever with a Corona, a beer or whatever, and. You know, at first I'm like, okay, this is like nice. And we're just like, you know, having simple conversation. He was very corny with his jokes. So I was always laughing. Um, <laughs> and I remember this because I don't know why, because I was still in my feelings about like, um, I wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. But then like, you know, he's, he was such a nice person. He always smiles at everybody. So the waitress comes up. <laughs> The waitress comes up and she like gives him the tickets like you know you're done and he's like oh, okay you know thank you and smiles or whatever the case may be and um I look at him like with my craziness and I'm like do you know her and he was like no and he looked at me he was like no and I said well why are you smiling at her oh that's because how y'all met <laughs> So then he was like, he goes, I smile at everybody. So then I'm pretty sure like he could even tell you like till this day, like his first thought when he heard me say that, and he still tells me to this day, like, um, he goes, I remember that day. And all I could think was, man, this girl is psycho. Like, cause you're already attacking me about smiling at somebody. <laughs> and we weren't even dating like that do you think <clears throat> do you think times time is double you you watch dragon ball z do you think it's hyperbolic time chamber time when you have a child when you meet someone because you really uh, you gotta know is this guy gonna be around my child for a while so it's like things speed up really fast when you have a kid do you feel that way a little bit yeah i do okay so let's, so we threw the second date and he realizes like, man, maybe this chick is a little wild a little bit. You know what I mean? She's, she's getting jealous at, I'm smiling at Chili, co-work Chili. He's just regular employees, right? Yeah. You didn't have the Corona, he did, right? Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe you had a couple before the date. Maybe you had a, maybe you had a few. But he probably liked maybe. it. Did he like that? Did he like that a little bit? Some dudes like it when a chick's like, you got a little spice too. I like it. It's a little Cajun. So, know? I'm assuming he did because he stuck around. <laughs> <laughs> but So what does he say I, after the date? When do you guys share your first uh, kiss where you guys swap, uh, swap spits? <laughs> um, when I first get invited to go hang out with him at his apartment at the time. So when, what date is that? What date is that? Where he's like, all right, we've been out a couple of times. I proved to you I'm a gentleman. Do you feel comfortable enough to come over? What's that like? Walk us through that, that text. I, I was so nervous. Like, I don't even know why I was nervous. Cause I was still like, oh my God, like, I don't want to like think, you know, date anybody. But at this time he was like, hey, do you want to come over and watch the game with me and my brother? And I said, I guess so. Sure, why not? Because it wasn't just him. It, there's someone else there. So I just figured like, okay, 
So I went over what and it was like I like details. What sport is this? What sport are we talking about? What game? This is basketball. We were watching the uh, Miami, Miami Heat. Heat. Yep. I called it. I know the time frame. Yep. So we're in 2011. We're in 2011, 2012, right? 2010. Yeah. Okay. I got yeah. The so right. we're like, yep, 2012. Yeah, we would say we're closer to 2012 because, yeah, yeah, yeah. So at this time, I hang out, meet his brother, was like, oh, like I'm meeting your brother. Like that's kind of like, that's like a, supposed to be like a serious thing. Like we're not serious. And um, in my mind, we weren't serious. Just in his mind, I guess looking at him weird at you know chili's employees you know not yeah, yeah but then i was like okay what am i doing <laughs> well then i get ready to leave and then he asked um if i wanted to go out to uh the bar again like night town because his brother was only visiting so he wanted to take him out somewhere and i said sure why not so i asked my mom at this time like would she mind if Jasmine stayed, like, if she could watch Jasmine, and I go out, you know, and stuff, and she said, like, she said yes, because she was getting excited that, you know, I met someone, and I seemed very, like, like a little kid, I guess you could say, she said I was very excited about, like, doing things, but I was trying not to be, like, show it, I guess, but she could tell, because she could see the difference in my attitude and stuff. So we went out, we hung out at that time, you know, we all took a shot together. We all go to the dance floor, we're dancing. And, you know, that first kiss happens on the dance floor where I'm all sweaty and dancing and <laughs> he's sweating because he like doesn't dance video. very well at all. The Nelly video. So hot in here. <laughs> Oh, I was like, and I didn't know how to take it because I was like, man, we're out in public. Like, I don't do all this. Like, this is just a lot for me. Right. So then after that, I guess he asked me to be his girlfriend from that kiss a month later, goes down the road. And he asked me if um, I want to be his girlfriend. And I was like, nah. What? And so I said no. And then he asked me like a couple days later, will I be his girlfriend? And I was like, no, I don't think so. Like, I don't think that, you know, I'm ready for that. So then finally he was like, look, he was like, will you be my girlfriend? He goes like, will you try? And I was just like, oh, okay. I was like, yeah, I guess I can be your girlfriend. <laughs> Okay. very romantic <laughs> yeah is it because so, like, you don't is it because you're still thinking about the fear of your ex or you're thinking like do you not do you feel like your baggage a little bit do you feel like you have a lot coming to the table do you feel that way i felt it was a little bit of both because at this point, you know, her dad still lives in this town. I'm in this town. I run into him because I do see him when I go out and stuff, and he's around. And at this point, I'm still got that little nervousness in, about, like, what will he do? Now when, I'm dating someone. Huh? When you see him around town, like, when you say you see your, your, your Jasmine's dad around town, there's no interaction. There's no hi. It's just dirty looks. It's 
What's that interaction like? Nothing? Does he pick up Jasmine at all? Does Honestly, he have any? He, he does. Okay. So when I would run into him, I literally, if I saw him, I turn around and go the other way. Because I didn't, I, I just didn't want to deal with him. It was just, I didn't want to deal with, I didn't want the problems. I didn't like confrontation. Like I just, and I'm out in public. So like at this point, people act crazy, but, um, he with Jasmine. Has he ever held he her would, before? He did. Um, I want to say at this point, Jasmine maybe was like one and a half when he started, you know, he would come by the house and see her just for like a little bit. And then he would leave. How, then it got how to does, point. How does Junie take that? What is he doing? Is he down? Is there like a lot of people around the whole time to make sure nothing pops off? Yeah, he, um, a lot of like the interaction with her and her dad, I let my dad deal with okay. because I, it's like when I saw him, I just couldn't get out of my mind that moment in the car. When you're pregnant and yeah, F yeah. 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 That's traumatic. So my dad did all the interaction with him. My dad is very level-headed. My mom couldn't be around because she's not level-headed. Right. So my dad did a lot of it. He knew he had to be, um, he knew he had to be cordial because it was Jasmine's dad. So he did his best to be cordial, let him interact with her, and then he would leave. Now it got to a point where, you know, I, when I meet, like when I start dating Adrian, we, um, you know, we get to a point where it's like, he, you know, um, we start dating, it starts going really good. I eventually get over the whole being nervous thing. I was very nervous that, you know, what is her dad going to do if he, she, if he finds out I'm dating somebody and then he's going to be like, I don't want him around my kid and blah, blah, blah. I just didn't want those issues. And then at the same time, I just felt like, you know, in my mind, I was just like, I have this kid, like, is this guy ready to take, to not asking him to be her dad, but is he ready to be that um protector yeah like is he ready to you know be that person that teaches her or is gonna want to help me like is he gonna even be around for a long time like I just like I wasn't sure at first but then the more that he would be around the more that every time he was like if you come over bring jasmine like he was always constantly like bring jasmine bring jasmine like we would go out places bring jasmine like it was a constant like he never left her out He's trying to make he always happen. yeah so he always like, it showed me like he wanted something more than just dating me like he wanted to include her like he wanted to build something and it did it did mean a lot to me. And so. Okay. So, you know. so, so, so right now, ladies and gentlemen, um, this is part one, part one of the Bernardina Janet Serrano Gomez story. Right now we've got to the point of her life where we've met her then boyfriend, Adrian. And we're talking about how Adrian is including her daughter in dates and he's courting her. That's what we're doing. And now we're going to cut to part two, part two. 
All right, folks, that was part one of episode 68, entitled An Essential Survivor with our dear friend Bernardina Janet Serrano Gomez, ladies and gentlemen. And trust me when I say we haven't even scratched the surface of her life and the things that she's been through that made her the woman that she is today and the mother that she is today. So, ladies and gentlemen, what's going to happen is this is part one. Part two, we drop it Saturday. We'll give you some time to catch up on the episodes. Then part two will be Saturday and part three will be the following Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jerry Waters. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Good night, good day, good morning, wherever you are in the world. Have a wonderful life. Hey, you're live on the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, I, said, I just want to say, man, you're the GOAT, man. And you're the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. You got to break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. And then I said, and I said, uh-uh, and I'm be the next Jamar Neighbors. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.